Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London this week and Gary in Shanghai. Gary, welcome back to the pod and what was your football highlight from game week 33? Ni hao. Hello, Duncan. Hello, Matt. Uh, So my football highlight of the week, um, I guess there's not many to choose from this week, but I will go with Liverpool. Um, away at Southampton. Um, so I'll just explain. So as, as you heard, I'm in China. So the evening kickoffs um, are always impossible to watch because they're on at like three or four in the morning. So I will usually, um, there's some websites that will show the highlights the next day. And sometimes they will show like really detailed highlights and other times they just basically show the goals and that's it. And I kind of realized when the first two highlights were goals, that the, the the highlights I was watching was just the goals. And, well, as you saw them go behind to Southampton, uh, they equalised, and then it cut to the next highlight in the 80th minute, and it was Southampton taking a corner. And I was like watching it thinking, oh, wow, this is massive. This must mean Southampton are about to score, and the whole title race is being decided. And then um, the corner kind of ping-balled around a little bit, Suddenly, it was at the feet of Salah, and he did that thrilling run up the pitch and um, popped it in the back of the net. But that was uh, it was unexpected for me because the way it was um, the way it was presented on the highlights package was like this looked like a maybe a ninety percent chance that Southampton are going to score, and then in the end, it was uh, instead it was Mo Salah kind of running fifty yards and then tucking it away. So um, that was quite quite exciting. But it was also thrilling, I think, to just see how like Liverpool. They just keep fighting and they keep staying in there. And um, yeah, no credit to them. You could see how pumped up they were. I, I, my other highlight, I guess, was just seeing just how animated Jordan Henderson was when he scored. Just um, you can tell that they know that this is like a once, maybe a one-off chance to beat this great City team. And it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a really great highlight and race. a brilliant goal from Salah as well. I just I didn't expect him on the form he's been on to put that away, but an awesome finish. Yeah, well, um, we've, a lot of fantasy managers have some uh, tough decisions to make about him now because he... Uh, yeah, definitely. He Tricky one with weeks. double game weeks for other teams, but then they they play Huddersfield after uh, game week 35, don't they? So it's tricky. Um, Matt, how about you? What was your football highlight? Um, so I've not seen too many of the games from this this just game week, and that's partly because I have so few players playing in these games that to, to keep my interest levels going. Um but midweek, I watched the well. I saw the, I saw the highlights for the Spurs' first game at home against Palace, um, which was quite nice to see their shiny new stadium um, and all the fans getting really pumped up and excited for it. Um, Spurs, I, I can't quite make my mind up. The Spurs' season is going to go spectacularly well, or spectacularly badly. Um, it's, all, it's all coming down to the crunch now against Man City, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Although. You know, this kind of reduced in the league down to fighting for fourth place, which looked guaranteed earlier in the season. Yeah, because they they could move into their new stadium for Europa League football next season, having won nothing ever. Or they could have some sort of like late season glory in the Champions League and then get get, get in the top four. Um, It's all to play for. Um, But it's pretty tough for them at the moment. Man City three times in their next four games. I think they're in quite a similar position to what Liverpool were in last year when it's really like death or glory in the Champions League and Liverpool could just attack that game and Tottenham will hopefully 
probably approach it the same way. Yeah, it's going to be a good watch, um, regardless. Um, I always sort of hope for chip chill on the English teams in Europe. Um, although I think I'd rather Spurs do well than Man City, and then Man City better than Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, I'll be cheering on Spurs in that game, I think. I'm just hoping for a good game in that one. Um, my my football highlight of the week was was in the wasn't in game week 33. It was actually the tail end of uh, double game week 32. It was Arsenal versus Newcastle, and it was the finish by Lacazette, um, the kind of nod on from Abanyang, and then uh, Lacazette's lob over the keeper. I just thought it was a lovely finish, and um, I thought it was going to be the start of uh, you know more goals from Lacazette. He's been on pretty good form, but I thought maybe he'd start getting um, you know, hat-tricks or double-point returns. And um, against Everton, that clearly wasn't going to happen. So he just kind of flattered to deceive, I think. But uh, yeah, lovely finish from him. So that was my highlight. Should we have a look at our game weeks? I think, Gary, I think, should we come to you first and see how blank game week 33 went for you? Okay, so um, I had a bit of a dilemma where I only had seven players playing, uh, but I had two transfers saved up. So um, the, my, my, the, the two free transfers were quite an easy choice. Uh, I was always decided to go for Hazard and Vardy. Um, so Hazard, obviously, we're recording this on Sunday, so we don't know what he's going to do. He's my captain. He's still to play. Um, but Vardy obviously worked perfectly. 16 points was great. But I decided to gamble and spend another eight points on uh, Zaha and Callum Wilson. And they got a haul of seven points between them. So uh, all that effort cost me a point, basically. I, I could have done nothing there. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going first because I've, I've got 44 points overall. I guess 36 when you take off the uh, the eight-point hit. Um, but yeah, as with, with Hazard and Fabianski still to play, um, and basically Leicester, the, the last game on match of the day is usually a write-off, but it actually saved me uh, seeing Vardy rack up those 16 points and uh, nine points for Tielemans, my gut punt. Um, so, yeah, though basically Leicester saved me with those. Talk us through Tielemans because we've been mentioning him a few times on the podcast. I think we were giving you rave reviews last week, having previously been very mean about him. But why did you bring him in when I think you brought him in before any particular patch of form? Yeah, so I must admit that there was this was this was very much a punt in the truest sense of the word. Um, I, I was kind of picking my team very late at night, knowing that I was going to wake up and the, um, the the game week would have started, and I needed to find a midfielder, and I knew I knew I wanted to get a Leicester player in my team because they had a really nice run of fixtures coming up. And I didn't know very much about him, to be, to be brutally honest. But I looked at his um, his career history very briefly. And I think, um, was it Club Bruges he played for in Belgium? And then Monaco, he seemed to be getting uh, kind of seven, eight, nine goals a season. And um, yeah, well, since I brought him in, he's he's got like five, five, nine, seven, five, nine. He's gone... He's um, and he's still at what, like one percent ownership, um, so yeah, it couldn't have gone much better. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a it's a swan song for him now. I think I'm going to retire him. I, I I don't think this run can last forever, and Leicester have one easy game left before their fixtures turn. So uh, 
I think I've, you've got to know when to bring them in, the punts, and you've got to know when to... Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good well. shout. Um, but definitely transfer in of the season, um, for sure. Matt, how about you? How was your game week? Um, so mine's been all about just managing the losses because I uh, I came into the game week with five players um, and then it turns out that Baruch doesn't actually play for Bournemouth anymore. So actually I only had four players. Um, so I'd taken an eight-point hit uh, and subbed in Vardy, Hazard and Mane. Um, so Vardy's definitely come off so far, so that's sort of saved my game week. Mane didn't and I've captained Hazard, so we'll see how he does tomorrow. Um, and then the other one, my main hero at the moment is uh, Miljejevic, has done really well for me the last two game weeks. So I brought him in uh, just last game week. And so that's given me 35 points, but a minus eight. So I think you're right behind me now because you've been, you've been catching up because you had better plans for this this game week. So at the moment, sort of satisfied that I've just about managed my losses given I've only got seven players playing this week. But um, uh, roll on the wild card and having a full team to choose from. Yeah, I think you've done really well considering the amount of players you had and you've got a score of 35. I think that's pretty impressive. With your captain still to play, um, Hazard at home against West Ham. And I don't have Hazard, so I think you've you've done really well. Yeah, so far I've sort of managed that those yeah those losses quite well. But I think you're you're catching up still quite a lot. So it's uh it's going to be a close rival between us two. I think come to the end of the season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, my game week so far, I like Matt was saying, I've planned for this week, and actually considering that I had, I'm only coming up with a score of 41 at the moment. Um. I already had Vardy, stupidly didn't captain him, went really punty this week. Um, and my transfer in for Aguero was Giroud, who not only did I bring in on a bit of a risk, I also captained. So it's all, it's all about tomorrow night watching that Chelsea game and whether it's Hazard or Giroud who finishes with the points. Um, that's going to be a big swing in our mini league for sure. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, apart from that, Alexander-Arnold returns an assist, so got a couple of points. Pereira finally returned some points for me, which was nice, with an assist as well. Um, Maguire randomly didn't start. I didn't understand that, because he wasn't, wasn't suspended, um, but didn't play at all. Um, so that was, that was annoying. Um, yeah, Ashley Barnes doing very comical things, scoring an own goal, picking up a yellow card, and then scoring, and getting a very strange score of three points for a striker. Um, but yeah, like you say, Matt, roll on the wild card. I will not miss this team. Um, I'm looking forward to to talking about our wild card plans moving on from here. I think. Should we go for? This has just occurred to me, uh, Duncan. But um, I, I guess Ashley Barnes was quite close to getting the fantasy football full house of doing everything. I, I guess he didn't get a bonus point. But um, I wonder what's the most different things a player can get on a. Like yeah, and if you do get them all, if you get game. the red card, two yellows, um, own goal, score a goal, miss a penalty, something like that, you should get you know ten bonus points as a cheeky kind of Easter egg in the game somewhere. It would be amusing if the code is written like that. Yeah, just like a random, <laughs> the extra way to score points is you achieve all things in a match. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to take a, a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be looking at our. Our wild cards. Okay, we're back and we're talking wild cards. We've all activated the wild card. Um, 
So I, I have a question for you guys, Gary, for you first. Um, what are the top three names, the first three names on your wildcard team sheet? Okay, so at, at this stage of the season, part of me is thinking like which which teams need to win, which teams have still got something to play for. Um, so I'm straight away going to Man City and I guess he's been like one of the first picks all season, but Raheem Sterling for me, um, I guess you, yeah, um, you could equally go for Aguero. I'd, I'd say Sterling just because he's on such good form. He's got so many points. And even though there's some tough fixtures in there, I, I think City are going to win most of them. So uh, the, the tough fixtures probably actually help because it means there's less reason for them to rotate Sterling. Um, the second name on my list is Harry Kane. Uh, I've not actually had him all season, um, but I'm thinking of putting him in because, again, Tottenham, they need to win their matches. Um, and they are going to, like, they've, they've got four home games out of the last six, I think, and I think that as long as Harry Kane can survive the, the three games in a 10 days against Manchester City without an injury, I think he usually kind of gets a bit of momentum at the end of the season. Um, the third one, I mean, yeah, I, I might, I might be cannibalising my gut punt a bit. So maybe I'll, I'll say Duffy for Brighton. Uh, I think Brighton have got four games coming up the first couple of weeks. Um, and there's some pretty winnable games in there as well. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say Duffy is a is a good one because he's very cheap as well. So you can kind of build a team around. Yeah, solid ones. I think Duffy's going to be a very popular pick. Um, people trying to maximise those four games in two weeks. Um and then Sterling and Kane, yeah, sound logic. Like you're saying with Kane, he's got four, many home games, four, six home games or four home games in six. But they also have that crucial one um, at home to Huddersfield in game week 34 where you know he's a great captain shout, surely. Yeah, I, I don't know if... Some, I think at this stage of the season, Huddersfield can be a bit of a double-edged sword because it's almost like... if. If they're like 2 0, 3 0 up at half time, they might just take him off and say, Oh, we can have a rest. But um, yeah, I remember, I remember was it a couple of seasons ago, Harry and Kane just, just went completely nuts in the last couple of weeks of the season. He scored like four goals against Hull and two more against someone else all in the same week. So I'm kind of in my mind that he might he might have that kind of run up his Well, sleeve. that's a big thing with Kane, isn't it? Towards the end of the season, it's the um, the race for the golden boot. If um, if Tottenham are out of the Champions League and the only thing that he can win is going to be the golden boot, he's going to be going for it. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a great shout. I think he's a good pick. Um, Matt, how about you? Who are your top three names for your wild um, So I do, I mean, all three of those names, I'm certainly are in my plans at the moment. Um, but to, to add to that, I think I might go for another, at least one other Tottenham asset. So I might go for Son at the moment. Um, He's been my one of my favourite players this season because he he did so well for me over the Christmas period and he just seems to be back into goal scoring form again. Um, and I think Tottenham have got lots to fight for, so they they'll still be trying really hard. Um, and then I'm going to return and sort of refresh my memories of us having Arsenal players in my team. Um, and so I think it's probably Lacazette and what I can afford, but I'm, I'm tempted to go before Bamayang because he's also in that Golden Boot race. Um, it just depends how I sort of jockey my funds around in the wild card. Um, what's, what's your thinking behind Arsenal players? You know, we've just seen them lose to Everton. 
Yeah, I think Everton are on good form, though. Um, and Arsenal just seem to be quite naff away from home. Um, but they are going to be going for the Champions League place. They don't have much else to focus on, so their players can be fairly fresh. And they've got what looks quite nice, quite a nice game week 35 double with Crystal Palace at home and, and Wolves away. Wolves will be mainly focused, I think, on the FA Cup, so might not be quite the force they've been for most of the season. Um, so it just seemed like a, a team to sort of uh, maybe start backing because they're still going to be playing really hard. I don't know. I mean, I, I just a word of caution on Arsenal. You're saying they're not very good away from home. They've got four out of their last six away from home the kind of reverse of, of Tottenham and those aren't easy away fixtures. You know, they're kind of Watford, Wolves, Leicester, kind of middle, middle ranked teams. Um, and even Burnley away is a tricky one if they're fighting relegation on the last day. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, they're one of the, the big teams with what looks like good fixtures, but a lot of them are away. So it's, it's, it is tricky. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I think it comes down to that point about having something to play for, though, because I, I, I personally think Burnley will be fine by the last game of the season, and that that could then become a, a big game for Arsenal. And the, yeah, the fact they've got something to play for would, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of overlook the away form a little bit. Although, yeah, that didn't work today today against Everton. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely maybe favour Arsenal attackers over defenders, though, because if if they're having to win these away games. They could become kind of like three-two sort of sort of goal fests, but I, I don't think Arsenal keep many clean sheets away from home. I think that's a fair shout. So people thinking about Kalasinac maybe maybe change that for Lacazette or Aubameyang. Fair enough, Matt. Do you have any more on your your wildcard list? Yeah. So I mean, the the other two players that sort of have always been in my my wildcard picks has been Camarasa at the moment, just because he's such an enabler. Uh, with his price and he's got a double game week immediately and then uh, if I want to I can uh, sub him out uh, for someone else but it just seemed like quite a a nice opportunity for this game week um, 34 coming up just to have a, a nice cheap double game week player um, and then finally I just I think I'm not forgetting about Liverpool entirely so I've had Robertson in from the almost the start of the season he's he's staying there um, because uh, so that logic again that Liverpool are going to be trying ev- hard really every single game um, and don't have, have a not bad end of the season as well. Um, there's a couple of difficult games in there, but it's on the whole, it's pretty good. Especially that kind of game week 35 when a lot of people are going for double game weeks, they're playing, um, is it Cardiff away? And then following that in 36, Huddersfield at home, there's a couple of really nice fixtures there. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good shout, and you've got all the value tied up in him. As that's well. it, that's it. So it, he's he's had such a good season; it would seem uh, crazy just to abandon him now uh, when things are still looking quite positive for him, fixtures wise. Nice. Um, for me, I mean, you guys have covered a lot of them. So um, Kane, Sterling's, Duffy's, those are players I'm all thinking about. One player who I haven't had all season, who is probably the biggest mistake that I've made all season is not having Jimenez. So he was one of the first names on my team sheet. Um, obviously, I have to buy him for much more than a lot of other people. Um, but I think he's got good fixtures. He's got good form. Um, yeah, I think he's just an enabler and a very solid pick that you can rely on. Um, then apart from that, I think 
one of the first names that I had on my team sheet, following on what Gary was saying about how Man City have not the easiest fixtures, but they've got a lot of reason to try and score a lot of goals and they're looking in great form. I think De Bruyne has been looking really good recently. Um, so the semi-final of the FA Cup, I thought um, he had a great game, a great assist. Um, I know he's got he's had some problems with injury this season and he might not be guaranteed all the minutes uh, in a double game week. But, you know, at Cardiff at home, I thought he really looked like he was back to his best. So hopefully that means that Pep's going to rely on him um, and on set pieces and things like that as well. So he was one of the first names on my team sheet. Um, yeah, apart from that, I think considering doubling up on Brighton defence, because uh, I think a lot of people are going to have Duffy. And I think even though their double in game week 35 isn't as good as their, their double in game week 34, um, you know, that's four games in two game weeks. And I think that's worth doubling up, especially when they're so affordable. So whether that's... Um, Duncan Duffy or Duffy and Ryan or some of their cheaper defenders. I think they've got um, got a defender who's 4 million. I think that's right. Um, who's getting games at the moment. Bernardo, isn't it? 4.2. Um, so, yeah, I think any of those options as a double up might be a good, a good shout. And you can always kind of transfer them out before 35 if you prefer other players because you've got that transfer. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'd be going with my key players behind the ones you guys have already su suggested. Yeah, and I, I think going back to Jimenez, um, one of one of the great reasons to have him and why, why I put him in very early is kind of Wolves have absolutely no other option but to play him. Like, their team is based around... They, they have no other player who can play that position pretty much. So they kind of have to play him. Like, I know they tried... They rested him for an hour for the double game week in 32. But that was very much like they have to rest him because they've been playing him all season. But, you know, if he's if he's anything like fit, he will play and he will play the vast majority of the game. So he, he's a bit of a bad And they've got good double game week fixtures. You know, Brighton at home, that's a nice one. And then even Arsenal at home. We were saying Arsenal away from home, um, not the same as their home form. I think that's quite a good fixture for Wolves. Yeah, they're a tricky one, Wolves, because you look at what traditionally you think, oh, this is an easy fixture. But for them, kind of Cardiff away or Huddersfield at home or something, it's, it's not an easy fixture for them. It's like they, they prefer uh, they prefer going kind of head-to-head with the the top six. So, um, But but I, I think I think that's a bit of an anomaly that might start even itself out. I think I think that they have Cardiff at home, don't they, as one of their last fixtures. I, I think they'll kind of use that as a chance to show that they can beat one of the softer teams nice one um should we take a quick break and and when we come back we can we can preview the mini double game week that is game week 34 let's talk uh double game week 34 i say double game week it's really only brighton and cardiff so it's not a proper double game week um but first up is leicester newcastle and that's one for gary so this this is a tricky one for me, actually. I, I feel like um, Leicester have been re on really good form recently and they're starting to play a bit more of an expansive style under Rodgers. But I wonder that Newcastle are actually the kind of team that they like going away to teams with an expansive style and shutting up shop and trying to nick and a win away from home. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if this is just me 
kind of reading too much into it, but I kind of feel like Leicester are due an unlucky, unlucky defeat. And Newcastle, after kind of battering Crystal Palace and losing, are kind of due a slightly fortunate win. So, I, th- yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Newcastle for this one, but I'm gonna say, yeah, it, it's, what this means for fantasy, I don't know. I I think maybe think about someone like Rondon. Um, or someone like Dubravka might be actually called upon to make a lot of saves. But I also think, as I said, I'm getting rid of Tielemans, not so much for this game, but Leicester's fixed his turn after this. So, But I'd say if you have Tielemans, Pereira, uh, Vardy, then it's probably time to start thinking about getting rid, uh, if not maybe one more game for them. I think that's a fair shout, because people have been loading up on Leicester players. You know, I had three Leicester players. A lot of people have gone for Vardy. Um, so, yeah, with that prediction, like you say, time to move them on and think about double game week players and players with better fixtures for the rest of the season. Um, we'll have to see with, with Newcastle. But like you say, they are playing for something. We mentioned it earlier. They're playing to battle relegation. And Leicester, maybe that Rogers effect is going to start wearing off and they don't really have too much to play for anymore. Um, so I think that's a good shout. Matt, I think you've got the easy one. You've got Spurs versus Huddersfield on Saturday. Yeah bit of an easier one to predict um so i fully expect spurs to win handsomely uh, at home to huddersfield uh the only question mark i have though and i'll be following the press conferences quite closely is whether um spurs sort of rest a few players given that this is a fairly easy fixture that's sandwiched in their champions league games against man city um so i mean I, we've spoken about kane and son as like good assets to have but only if they if, only if they get on the pitch i guess yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be so worried about Kane being rested, but Son has definitely missed a, a game. I think he didn't start against Southampton, so maybe that would be a bit of concern. Yeah, maybe. I, mean, I, I think, yeah, you're probably right about Kane because he's desperate for the golden boot as well. Um, and he is the sort of player that can play every week. Um, I mean, we, we will see. Uh, I think they're very tempting choices, Spurs, but they uh, this, this part of the season gets so unpredictable with a lot of rotation going on and some teams trying harder than others. Um, and so I just think this is one of those slightly risky games where it looks very obvious that you should load up on your Spurs players, but there might be the occasional random resting. My prediction is that Spurs will say, let's put out a quite a strong team, try and get 2-0 up at half-time and then just try and play the game out. Because I, I don't think the way that kind of Man City did against Cardiff. They play like a second string 11, but actually like Jesus and Foden are still really good players and they're, they're going to beat Cardiff even with their second string. I, d- I don't think Spurs can afford to do that. That's a good point. But if they did that, then they probably wouldn't score too many points if you had attacking assets. It's because they'll just ease back as soon as they get that lead. Yeah, they're, they're not going to beat Huddersfield 6-1 at home like uh, Man City did, I think. Yeah, they're going to be having that Man City game on the back of their minds, aren't they? So, yeah, it's a tr- tricky one because people are going to want to load up on Spurs players um, with all those home fixtures and with that double game week as well. But, yeah, just I think trying to pick the players that you, you're sure are going to start um, or more likely to start at least. Yeah, uh, people um, have mentioned Trippier on that one because I think Ori has been injured. You get a defender at home to Huddersfield and then a double afterwards. So he might be attempting one. Yeah, that's a good shout. 
Um, next up is Brighton Bournemouth, and this is one for me. Um, I saw a, a nice, a nice one on on Twitter that someone, a uh, nice image on Twitter, someone put up of uh, Callum Wilson's heat map um, during during the game against Burnley. Basically, had um, just a route map from the stadium to the beach at Bournemouth Beach. Um, saying that <laughs> basically Bournemouth are on the beach and Callum Wilson is one of them. I don't think that's completely fair. I think he got a lot of chances against Burnley. He just didn't put them away. Um, but this is a game where, again, we're coming to talk about motivation. Brighton are going to be really motivated for this one. They're out of the FA Cup now and they are down in 16th um, position and they have games in hand that they want to kind of move away from the bottom of the table. So this is the first of their two fixtures this game week. And I think I would be focusing, focusing on their defenders. So we've kind of mentioned already Matt, Matt Ryan, um, Duncan Duffy. Um, and this would be the first of what you'd hope, hope to have two clean sheets. Bournemouth players I'd be avoiding. Um, they don't have a double game week. Um, and although their fixtures are, are all right for the rest of the season, I think motivation is going to be lacking. So, yeah. I don't know if I can see any any other Brighton assets I can look at outside of the defence. What do you guys reckon? You see any um, midfielders or strikers potentially? Well, I I, I have this um, this thing every year where I think uh, Anthony Knockhart is going to make his breakthrough suddenly, kind of show like when he was in the Championship, he was the pretty much the best attacker in the Championship. He used to regularly rip uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I'm a Wednesday fan, so I've seen him regularly rip Wednesday to pieces. Um, so I've, I've often put him in my fantasy team and then always got rid of him a couple of weeks later because he's not he's not the same player in the Premier League. But maybe against some of these weaker teams, he might, he might be able to uh, pick up a few points. It's tricky, isn't it? You can't even guarantee the game time with him as well. Um, he's not a 90-minute man under Hewton, so... It, it would be a bit of a punt, but maybe the best punt of, of what they have. Glenn Murray, you just can't rely on because he's going to play one and two and the same for Andone as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where I'd be staying, just with the Brighton defenders. Uh, Gary, what do you reckon to Burnley-Cardiff? So, I think I'm going to go for a Burnley win here, but I, I kind of... There's, a, there's an element to this... And I felt this with Cardiff a lot this season, but there's a kind of desperation that it's like they almost have to win this game. And that kind of makes them slightly dangerous. And earlier on in the season, whenever they look like slipping back, they just have a must-win home game and they they, they did tend to win them. Um, but I, yeah, I think Cardiff are just running out of steam a bit. So I'd say Burnley to, to win this. Probably not by much because Burnley very rarely win by, by a lot. Um, but maybe a one or a two nil. Um, so, yeah, I I think um, yeah, I I don't know what the rest of Burnley's fixtures look like. But I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd actually if if it was just if you're just looking at this one off game, then then I'd look at some of their defenders. Um, and then you you pretty much you know with Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood that they're going to be like seventy five percent of Burnley's goals is going to have like one, if not both of them, involved in them. Um, and the other the other interesting player Burnley have, I think, is McNeil, who I think, Duncan, you you mentioned uh, 
a few weeks ago as like an interesting player, and I've I've been quite impressed with him. I I did I had a I had my wild card um my free hit sorry a, a couple of weeks ago, and I did I was I did put him in my squad, but I left him on the bench, which was a mistake because then he scored and got eight points. But yeah, McNeil. You'd think Burnley are going to have a bit more of the ball than usual. They're going to have to break Cardiff down, so it might be going down the wings a lot. So, um, so yeah, he might be uh, another one to think I about. I think you are saying about Burnley and it being a one-off game, potentially players to bring in, I think that's a good shout because their fixtures after game week 34 really turn. So um, Chelsea away, Man City at home and Arsenal at home as well as Everton away. It's a really nasty run of fixtures following this game. I, I think they're probably a team, um, if you're playing your, your wild card in 35, you don't you don't have your bench boost less, left perhaps and you're saving your wild card for the last possible moment before the double game week, then then Burnley players are worth considering as a one one game week punt, like Harry was saying, yeah. But um, yeah, nasty fixtures after that. Matt, I think you're up next with Fulham versus Everton. Yes, I mean, again, I don't think this is the... Well, in theory, I'd say this is not the most difficult game to predict because um, Fulham have been a bit abject this season and Everton on a, a great run of form. Um, so I'd, I'd expect Everton to win, but um, you just never know if, if Fulham want to play uh, some of their final home games in front of their fans and try and win a bit of pride back. Um, and oh, I think... Fulham are they, are, are yeah, they technically they are. relegated yet? I'm not sure. Um yeah, they are now relegated. So it'll be interesting to see if they play a bit differently now. That in theory, the pressure's off and they just want to try and impress. Um, but I'd, I'd fully expect an Everton win here. Um, and Calvert-Lewin apparently has had a great impact since coming in uh, into the team. Um, so he's sort of maybe a, a cheap punt to go for. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think an Everton win, but Fulham, you just never know. I think it would be quite unpredictable. Yeah, it's a tricky one with neither team having a double game week. Probably not where most people are going to be looking. Um, but I think that's a fair shout, Matt. Um, next up, it's Southampton Wolves, and that's one for me. Um, yeah, I think this this is going to be close than, than most might expect, actually. I think Southampton have got some good form under their new manager recently, and they seem to have a really good spirit down there. Um, Wolves, their their form has been slightly patchy of late. Um, they've obviously had their eyes in the FA Cup slightly, so I think they only have one one win in four. Um, kind of lost their their mid season form slightly. Um, Southampton on the, the reverse of that, three wins in four. Um, so they're kind of in a good moment, and I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Southampton assets, not just with this game in mind, more with the double game week in mind, because although they're they're both away in 35. It's Newcastle and Watford. So, um, yeah, all right fixtures. And they have a lot of cheap enablers in the Southampton team. So I think the players that I'd be recommending would be um, Valerie, at right wing back. Um, I think he's a, a great enabler. He's got a couple of goals this season. He's at 4.1. And he seems to have that, that spot completely nailed down since about well, game week 21 or something like that. So he's been in the team quite a long time and he gets forward quite a lot so I think he's a great shout um, apart from that Bednarek again still playing 4.0 um, I don't know how he stayed at that price but he's another great enabler 
And then I think the big pick is um, James Ward-Prowse on set pieces, um, on penalties if um, if Ings isn't on the pitch, if he's injured or Austin's not playing. Um, but just there on the corners, on all the free kicks and attacking free kicks, he's got you know he's got goals from that as well. Um, so I think he's a he's a great enabler, but he's also a, a great option as well um, on set pieces. Wolves, um, I think I've already mentioned Jimenez. I'd be bringing him in. I think uh, Yotta is another great pick, still very cheap. And their double game week fixture of Brighton and Arsenal is good. Um, and, you know, they've got Fulham at home in, in 37. So I think they're worth investing in. And then uh, I'd always back Matt, Matt Doherty um, to get attacking returns um, from now until the end of the season. So, yeah, there's three Southampton picks for you and, and three Wolves picks. Um, Gary, what do you reckon to Man United West Ham? Um, so I, I think kind of going back to what I was saying about picking players for the um, for the rest of the season, like who's got stuff to play for and who hasn't. Well, West Ham seems to be one of these teams that are kind of going on to the if not if not on the beach, then certainly their minds are kind of wandering in that direction. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I think I think Man United will win this. And I'd just add a caveat to that that they've not they like that there was the win against Watford recently where they you kind of thought oh this is a comfortable win for Man U and actually they didn't really play that well. So it might it might turn out to be kind of an unconvincing victory for Man United rather than a an emphatic one. Um, but I'd certainly be looking at West Ham's defence being pretty poor. So you look at the usual ones like Pogba, Rashford, uh, Lukaku, um, and think that the Man United players would be would be good ones to go for. Um, and they do they do have a double game week the next week, don't they? So um, I think, yeah. You could be tempted by the Man United defence, although I've fallen for this a few times this season. And um, again, the, against Watford, they didn't. It looked like they were going to keep a clean sheet, and they didn't. So, um, pick a Man United defender at your peril. They 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 don't tend to set up or get many bonus points or do much attacking wise, like the likes of Lindelof and Shaw and uh, Jones and Smalling. That they, they're not very good attacking wise. So. You're really relying, yeah. There's, yeah, approach with caution. The Man United defence, but I'd, I'd definitely, definitely think about Rashford and Pogba. Although he's expensive, um, it's probably due a, a good return soon. Tricky, um, tricky double game week fixtures for for Man United with Everton away and Man City at home. Um, would you be kind of backing them in those fixtures, or do you think your premium assets you might be going elsewhere? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I think um, I think against Man City, it's almost a coin toss, isn't it? I, I think it's you could see them beating Man City at home. Uh, Solskjaer generally has approached the big games pretty well. Um, I think I'd probably back Man City in that one, though. So, I'd, I'd, But I'd say the game away at Everton, they probably will win that. I think Everton still have a bit of a soft uh, underbelly. And I think... I think you'd you'd expect you'd expect at least three goals over those two games. So you, you're still thinking um, people like Pogba and Rashford 
Um, yeah, I, I think I think they would be they'd still be pretty good. Um, again, you never know. the The thing about tough the thing about tough games like that as well. Again, as I say, I'm, I'm approach, saying approach the defenders with with peril. But I, I remember when when Chelsea beat um, Man City earlier this season, and David Luiz got a massive haul. That some, sometimes it's the centre back or the goalkeeper that comes out of it with all the bonus points because they they're the ones crucial. So yeah, again, maybe De Gea is one to think about. I think he'll definitely be um, he'll definitely be tested a lot when they play against away at Everton at home to City. So uh, yeah, maybe think up about those save points. Yeah. Not a bad call. Mm. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Crystal Palace, Man City? So, um, Man City seem to be on really good form at the moment and can win with whatever side they put out. Um, So, I expect them to win again. But uh, Palace away is not an easy fixture. Um, I know certainly from being a Milijevic owner at the moment that um, they've been... Getting penalties left, right, and centre, which has been been great for me, um, and so it, I reckon it'll be it'll be close, but Man City will probably probably ease ahead. Um, and we've already been speaking about Sterling and De Bruyne um, for the run in, Aguero as well. He's had a great season, and um, he's also going for the Golden Boot, so it's another one to consider. Um, having your teams, they've got a tricky double game week, but they are the best team in the league. Um, and so you'd expect them to win their games. Um, so, yeah, Man City assets still wants to have, I think. Um, even though they do have such a tough run in, they're just, they're just really, really good. Um, and you've got to expect a bit of rotation, but they're the sort of team that does score quite a few goals. So even if your player gets dropped one week, it's like, like Sterling, then uh, he, he, might, he might bag a brace or a hat-trick the week after. And do you think this it, is the end of the road overall. for Wan-Bissaka and people's teams? They've probably been there since game week one in a lot of teams. Yeah, Crystal Palace have got um, not the best run in. I mean, certainly the next two games, Man City and then Arsenal away. Um, and they've got less and less to play for now. They're sort of fairly comfortable um, and unlikely to get relegated. So, um, yeah, you sort of be keeping him just for sentiment, sentimentality now, shot, I think. Yeah. Um, next up, I've got Liverpool versus Chelsea. The big game of the weekend, I think. So, I think Liverpool recently have been really grinding out results. They've not been making it look too easy. Um, the games have been quite tight. So um, Chelsea, I expect to be in a better place than they were a couple of weeks ago. Um, hopefully Callum Hudson-Odoi gets a bit more of a run in the team. Um, and failing that, at least um, Giroud getting a start up front in the Premier League in front of Higuain, I think, changes them going forward so much um so i think if if that is the case it, they could provide quite a tough opponent they haven't been that bad defensively this season chelsea um so I, I think they could be quite a tough test for liverpool at home and i don't think liverpool are kind of free-flowing um scoring at the moment and they're not also keeping a huge amount of um clean sheets like they were early in the season so I know Matt's saying he's going to stick with his Liverpool players, but I think this is the end of the road for my Liverpool players. I think just the nature of um, how they're playing and the fact they don't have a double game week, um, this is, I see as a tough fixture. Um, I think there are transfers left for 
people to bring players back in, you know, for that home fixture against Huddersfield in 36. Um, you know, people talking about Salah triple captaincy, maybe um, bring him back for a hit that week. Um, it has the potential for that. But yeah, I think personally, I'm going to be moving away from Liverpool assets um, and looking at you know, cheaper defenders with double game weeks and and attackers who might be able to score more goals like Man City. So, yeah, um, I don't think I'd be backing any Chelsea players for this game, but um, I don't think I'd be backing any Liverpool either, to be honest. What do you guys reckon on this big game? I think Liverpool will win. Um, and so, yeah, I think... I think if you've got if you've got Salah or Mane, you can be pretty sure that they'll they'll get some points. Um, but yeah, if if you kind of it depends whether you're looking at it as a one-off game or if you're looking at it strategically at next week as well, that would probably change your thinking a bit. Yeah, and I think you've got to consider that at this point in the season, haven't you? It's not just about the one game for a lot of people with their wild card. Yeah, although it's it's a bit scary dropping your your Mane and Salah comfort blanket especially with Cardiff and Huddersfield the next two after that so uh it I think it's the I think it's the right call um but it's just it, it could backfire because that they, they, um, they, they've done so well to get points this season they've got two fairly soft fixtures coming up and they're going for the title so and you um, also have that problem they're still with quite good assets some of the game well a lot of the game week fixtures for a lot of teams being a bit mixed you don't have a lot of top teams with great two great fixtures so you know the alternatives aren't incredible um so maybe it's worth sticking with at least you know one of Salah and Mane um, yeah yeah it depends how all in you want to go yeah. on the double game week fixtures and 35 I think the the other thing with Liverpool this is sandwiched in the middle of the Champions League as well so that though the, the, even though Cardiff and Huddersfield look like good fixtures you might not see Salah and Mane playing all of all of those. It, I guess it depends how the first leg goes against Porto as well, but um, they, they may be looking to rotate yeah, I think a bit. that's definitely worth considering. And Gary, what do you reckon to Watford-Arsenal? This, this is a tricky one. Um, I think last season, was it, that Watford kind of bullied Arsenal off the pitch? It was kind of Troy Deeney kind of, gave a very um, boastful sort of post-match interview and was like um, basically very old-fashioned. They don't like it up. Um, um, but I don't, I'm not sure Watford are going to win this time. I, I kind of, kind of part of me thinks that Arsenal just, just for the same reason that they, they kind of need to win. They're not going to be as abject as they were against Everton. So I don't know. I in on my coupon, I have this down as a draw, um, but that was basically because I couldn't pick a winner. Um, but then I, I do in my current um, bus team, I have two Watford players, but I'm almost got the two Watford players for my bench for 34. And then I'm actually going to play them for 35 for the double game week. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm don't, I don't think there'll be anyone who comes out of this with a big, big haul of points. Um, but, but yeah, if you fancy another kind of, uh, they don't like it up, um, then, then yeah, think about Troy Dean. <laughs> he does like that fixture, doesn't he? And <laughs> I think I think you're right, Gary. I think it's hard to pick between these two teams with Watford at home. But 
I think a lot of players are going to have Arsenal players because of the double game week. They're going to have Watford players, like you're saying, because of the double game week. So it's it's less about this game for for players from these teams. It's if you're on your wild card, it's more about um, 35 um, and the games after that. You know, Watford's fixtures in that double game week are great. Um, Huddersfield away and Southampton at home. That's the right way round. Um, so yeah, uh, I can see why a lot of people would be bringing them. Who would you be going for from Watford um, for the long term or for the double game weeks? Um, so I, I don't. They don't keep many clean sheets, but I think that with some of these easy, easy fixtures, they might. So I quite like Holabas because um, he he also scores the odd goal and he gets plenty of assists. He's got a wicked corner on him um, from the midfield. I mean, there's Delafeu who can be very explosive. Um, Pereira, who's probably been the most consistent over the course of the season, um, but I would I'd probably go for Decore out of the the, the Watford midfield. Um, he's scored in his last two games, and he, he plays pretty much every game, and he kind of pops up through midfield. He's, he's never going to score like ten, twelve goals a season, but he he's kind of involved a lot, and he's got a bit of a goal threat. So I, I think he's a bit more. Like you never know with Delafeo, he sometimes gets subbed off at half time. Like they beat Cardiff four one, he gets subbed off at half time. Um, um, so no, sorry, Fulham four one wasn't it? Yeah, but but yeah, so I'd go for yeah, Decore and Holabas are the two I'm looking at. Yeah, got good options all, all through the team, but I like the Holabas shout. He was on great form earlier in the season, wasn't he? And um, he's back from injury now, so hopefully he can get back on it. Um, Matt, I've got a surprise fixture for you: Brighton versus Cardiff. What do you reckon to this one? Yes, this is the cheap, cheeky double, um, and both teams will be sort of desperate to try and win it. Brighton to make sure they they guarantee they're staying up, and Cardiff this might be their last real realistic chance to uh, to sort of stay stay in the hunt to stay in the league. Um, and as as a, as a result, I expect it to be a bit of a tense one. Um, I mean, neither side's great at scoring goals at the best of times, but I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up into a very edgy, low scoring affair. Um, and therefore, I think people have been talking about Brighton defenders for their two home games this this game week. Um, Cardiff as well. I mean, they lost Sol Bambas, who is sort of the usual one you went to for a Cardiff defender. Um, but maybe someone like Etheridge or the, the penalty-saving maestro goalkeeper uh, or or one of the other cheap cheap defenders they have, just as a little punt uh, to get two fixtures and maybe maybe a clean sheet. Um, the problem with Cardiff's fixtures is they're both away from home and the they're not that great away from home. So uh, I think Brighton are probably the, the stronger of the two and might edge this one, but Cardiff will be um, be really fighting for, in this one. I, I quite like Morrison for Cardiff. as a, he's, he's just kind of like an instrument of havoc. They just they just bring him forward and he, he always gets his head on the long throws or the corners. They, they, he doesn't always like put a shot in or just say, he just kind of wins the header and then it could go anywhere off him. But he, he's kind of like a... Um, he's always involved, so he, he might, yeah, he might be one if you were looking for a card. I really like him. I just, I wish they'd start aiming aiming for him to win the header and score the goal rather than win the ball at the back post and put it back across the box. Because um, he seems to win, you know, all those headers. I think he, I saw a stat in the last game that he has the most touches in the box of any Cardiff player this season, um, which is basically just from winning the ball at the back post. So, Get, get get him on the penalty spot and try and win those headers and score goals. 
Um, but I think he's a good shout, Gary, especially with Sol Bamba out. Hopefully, they're going to be targeting him a bit more. Yeah, Sol Bamba was the one who got the knockdown and knocked it in then, didn't he? So, But, yeah, he's missing his partner in crime, really. But, yeah, that's that's the problem yeah. for Cardiff. Yeah, it might be best going on the, the skills of someone like Kamarasa who knocks yeah, that cross show. in um, um, instead. What about whipping boys this week? Um, Gary, I'm going to come to you first. Can you pick out a whipping boy? Uh, yes, I think I'll just go with the obvious. I'll, I'll go with Huddersfield. I think um, that they, yeah, they're, they're down. They've not shown that much fight. They just lost 4-1. Um, their only hope is that Spurs are, have got an eye, half an eye on the Champions League. Yeah, I think that's fair. Matt, do you agree? Um, I mean, I agree. I think the only other one I was looking at is maybe a shout out to Man U at home to West Ham, who look like they've down tools. Um, it'd be a remiss of me as a Man U fan not okay, to say so, that they could. Yeah, I agree. Could score I a few there as well. Um, Man U is a another option, um, but Huddersfield are our, our whipping boys. Um, I thought you were saying Man U were the whipping boys for a second. I was like, <laughs> bold, bold call. Yeah, I, I think, was really down on the... Ole I think we have to leave that for... That's Andy's like job earlier in the season. He was calling out Man United as the whipping boys most weeks. Um, what about gut punts? Gary, you're, you're kind of our gut punt king, keeping track of our scores. How have people got on this week? Uh, so this week, well, I'm roaring back into it. So I finally backed my man Tielemans as my gut punt, and he's got nine points. Um, so I'm well, Matt's still miles and miles ahead. He's got a, he's he's still got a 25 point lead in our table, but he went for Urzil this week, much to your merriment. Um, on the away to a northern team, uh, so Urzil only got two, Andy went for Perez, who only got two. Uh, Dunk, you went for McNeil, who I, I could have sworn did something, but apparently not. He only got two as well. And Ben went for Calvert-Lewin. Now, I must admit, I didn't check him. Did did he, he get did. Assist yeah, he got the assist for the goal, or was he... Five points. Oh. So he must... Yeah. Five points, is it? Uh, so, okay. So, Ben is... Well, he's he's closing in on Andy now. He's just a point off going third. Um, but no, I, I think the um, the ta- yeah the gut punt table is <laughs> Matt Matt's got sixty seven points. I'm on forty two, and then Andy's on twenty seven. So Matt has really uh, really yes, owned indeed. that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> despite, although despite McNeil did nothing Ozil. this week, I, I kind of feel I got a mini win with those all failing, um, and me calling you on that. So I'll take that tiny little bit of <laughs> light in this terrible gut punt season for me. <laughs> I feel like I should do a, a bit of showboating from now out to the run-in if I've got such a nice question. Well, you, you did like how this field player early in the season, so maybe you should go back to that. I think that's a good shout, Matt. That 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 would be a great good point <laughs> if you if you could call it. I mean, I guess Aaron Moy scored a penalty last last week. If you'd have called something like that, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to. But it, it is feel tempting. Clean sheet. That'd be uh, that'd be the ultimate. Matt, who are you going for this week? In... <laughs> Double game week thirty-four. Um, so I mentioned briefly just earlier. I'm going to go for Kamarasa. Um, so he's attacking player for 
for Cardiff, uh, sort of their skillful one for free kicks and crosses. Um, two games in a week means that um, at the very minimum he'd probably get four points. Uh, and if he, he's, he's had contributions recently. I think he's got five goals this season. So he's on penalties um, as well for them. Yeah, so, he's my shout. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, not not tempted by the Huddersfield players at all. <laughs> maybe next one. week maybe okay, next Gary week. how about you um, so yeah again a bit of a cheat but double game week so I'm going to go with Brighton um, two home games um, so I'm going to go for Matt Ryan um, and I think he's a good one to have in for the rest of the, the season as well because they've, they've got some even the two away games they've got coming up you kind of look at the defenders for Brighton and you think oh Duffy away from home um, or some of these home games, our Brighton might let one in, but that's not such a problem if you're the goalkeeper. Like if they 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 can still pick up three or four points, even if they let a goal in, um, with the save points and sometimes the bonus points if they if they have a good game. Um, so I think um, I think Matt Ryan um, is looking good for the next few weeks. I'm yeah, and if Callum Wilson's uh, form from the last game continues, then that's that's going to be a good pick. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a player, a really big player, which I was amazed at how low his ownership was, and I think he's just come back into form recently. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, um, unbelievably under five percent. I guess it's you know the injury um, that's kept him out of most people's teams, but I think he's back on form now. Um, so that's a, a big, big shout out to stay away from De Bruyne um, because my record on gut punts is horrific this season. So yeah, be warned. Um, I think Andy's gone for a good cut punt, another big player with a um, coming back for injury. Um, so he has a low ownership. Deli Alley against Huddersfield. I think that's a great shout. Um, hopefully he doesn't um, get the axe from rotation we were mentioning before because of Europe. But uh, if he plays, then that's a really good pick. Um, captains and transfers, guys. Oh, actually, no, before we go to that, let's have a look at clean sheets. Gary, can you pick your first clean sheet? Uh, yeah, a bit boring, but same as the whipping boys. Let's go for Spurs clean sheet home to Huddersfield. Nice. Matt, um, I'll go Manu okay. um, at home. To I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to go for Brighton because I'm I'm backing them for a, at least one clean sheet between Bournemouth and Cardiff. Okay, Gary, back to you. Um, I actually think that they, they've gone a while. They've they, they've gone a while without a clean sheet, but Liverpool, Liverpool get back to having clean sheets. I think I think they'll see off Chelsea and uh, uh, yeah, Liverpool. Fair enough. Chelsea not the most free flowing attacking team at the moment, so I think that's fair enough. Matt, um, I mean, I get to the point now where I think. Yeah, I'm not 100% certain there'd be a clean sheet, but I think Man City are just really, really good. And Crystal Palace have struggled Especially a bit to score goals this season, so Man City. Um, I'm going to go with Burnley against Cardiff. I think Sean Dyche has talked up this as being a really big game for the last few weeks. Um, and I think um, they're going to be really up for this. And I trust the Burnley defence with the Cardiff attack. So, yeah, I think I think I see a clean sheet there. Um Anyone shout if they see any more clean sheets. Otherwise, we'll move on to captains and transfers. I might have one more. I think maybe Everton yeah. at Fulham. 
yeah, Everton have went on a good run recently and they've kept a clean sheet against Arsenal. So, yeah, that's that's a good shout. Um, okay. Captains and transfers. Um, Gary, coming to you first. Well, tra- transfers is looking like my whole team at the moment. So, I think, I think we talked about this um, earlier. I'm quite interested in what whether I... So, I'm bringing at least two, maybe three Brighton players in. Do I go do I go all on the Brighton bandwagon and go in for a Brighton captain as well? Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe Matt Ryan. I'll double down on my gut punt and put Matt Ryan as my captain. It's, it's good to have a proper maverick mm. on the pod. <laughs> a goalkeeper captaincy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just don't Because I, I, I was looking at my squad... This is just my draft team at the moment, but I've got Sterling and Aguero, who normally you think, oh yeah, but away at Crystal Palace and also halfway in between a Champions League game. It's, it's yeah. Are they are they going to play? Are they going to play more than an hour? It's that's a bit tricky. Um, yeah, I guess Harry Kane is the other obvious one. Yeah, so Matt Ryan or Harry Kane? The, 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 the uh, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to wonder about that one. Yeah, Harry Kane's the obvious one otherwise. But, but I might go Matt Ryan. Nice one. Matt, how about you? Um, so similar thought process. Uh, it sort of sat on Harry Kane, but I haven't thought about it much yet. And so if there's hints of uh, rotation, then I might go for a a Brighton asset. Um, I've got Duffy and Ryan in my team at the moment, so uh, I could, could also go for one of them. If we all went Matt Ryan, it'd be a bit yeah, weird. Yeah, I think but, uh, I echo those sentiments. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the um, about the Brighton captaincy. I, I think I'm more more down the line of the Kane or, or Son captaincy. Um, I think I'll have to watch the Champions League game and, and check who gets subbed off early and who's looking in form. But um, I think I'd prefer those guys over a. Brighton captaincy. I think that's just a bit too maverick for me. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, we're at FPLFFFanatics. Um, get in touch with us on there. It'd be great to hear from you guys. Um, Gary, thank you very much for joining us from China this week. My pleasure. Well, let's see uh, Let's see how it goes next week for the Brighton boys then. I think... Uh... We'll be we'll be tuning in to cheer on their um, Duffy, Dunk, and uh, yeah Ryan and all the all their horrible defenders. <laughs> I do like when you are uh, you, you tune into like you got a defender or a goalkeeper playing in a match and you see you're you're kind of hoping nothing happens. Um, yeah, it's sort of a weird way to watch. A yeah, football or the, match. the match of the day highlights when you're hoping for shots down the middle of the goal, so you're so it's like Fabianska, someone can just make. Save after easy save. I think Brighton Cardiff is going to have a, <laughs> an unusually high um, um, viewers um, just from the fantasy persuasion this week rather than um, most weeks. Um, hopefully not last on a match of the day. Um, farewell, Matt. Speak to you next week. Yeah, speak to you next week. Um, yeah, come on, Man U. I need them to turn that, that form around and... Uh... Hopefully, I'm awesome. manual assets also the game some points at the same time. Cheers. Bye. See you later.